When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get the fuck in, get the fuck in, baby. That's what I'm talking about. It's finished at Anfield South, Liverpool one, Chelsea Football Club nil, and Liverpool for the 10th time lift the Carabao Cup. And whoa, 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 hold on. What's going on? Oh, Oh. get in the fucking ribs. Yes. Gav, my boy, where are you? Where are you, Gav? I am outside May Duncan's in Liverpool, and I have to say that is better than Istanbul. I'm not going to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I think I, I, I kind of gate crashed this, and I'm trying to get the angle. But honestly, that is the most happy I've ever, ever been after a cup final because we keep going on about if a player's missing and we keep going on about if a lad comes in if a young lad comes in what are we going to do is this lad as good as the other can he do this can he do that honestly watch this game 75 minutes on watch all them lads come on the pitch and watch them absolutely dominate Chelsea to the fact that to the point where Chelsea are playing on the fucking break with an 85 million Mudrick Mudieke I don't even know who the fuck he is and all the other lads it's it's honestly it's the happiest I've fucking been in years lads and if, if you doubt this Liverpool team, fair enough. Just the football's not for you. It's simply not for you because we're going to win the whole fucking lot. I'm telling you now, we're going to win the whole lot. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. You can tell that Gav thoroughly enjoyed the final. Kev, I presume you enjoyed that final as well. I'm just turning myself upside down. I think I aged myself <laughs> 10 years in that 126, seven minutes. I'm... I, I was sobbing about when they were all stood in front of the fans at, at the end. I was just broke up. It it was everything you wanted in a final. Tense, tight. Could have gone either way at one stage. But my fucking God. The balls that the club showed and the fans he showed in these kids. This is going to set us on such a massive platform for the next decade with these young fellas. feeling early doors and massive huge some outstanding performances not one single player let anyone down nobody there was 17 players used today and every single fucking one of them were outstanding absolutely brilliant i'm so over the fucking moon delighted and the what the, this is the best this is not the highest not the highest mountain kev but this amount no i'm no i'm sorry 
You had Sky tried to fuck it up for us. You had the PGMOL tried to rob us. And you had another Chelsea prick trying to break people's fucking legs. And we still come out on top. There's fireworks, the fireworks going off in Liverpool right now. I'm trying to lift it up. Oh, man. Over the fucking moon. Absolutely over the moon. Lost for words. is outstanding. Yeah. Unbelievable team. Yeah. I'm with Gav on the Istanbul shout as well. That for a single achievement on an on a, in a final, that's up there with anything this club's done. Anything. Gav, we're gonna have to probably let Gav get back to it because it sounds like it might be a fun night out in Liverpool tonight. Gav, before you go, who's your man of the match? Oh, Endo boy, an absolute country mile. Um, I thought like, like when I seen the team, I was like, look, that's what we have to do. There's just simply no, there's not more we can do. Salah's not there. Sobers is not there. Nunes isn't there. Allison isn't there. Trent isn't there. Jones isn't there. And you're kind of going, Jota isn't there. And the names, the names that you reeled off. But, but do you know what? I, I went into this with a kind of, let the fucking lads do it. Because there's so many years where in a League Cup, where you win these rounds, you get to a semi-final, you might throw a couple of lads in the semi-final, but when it comes to the final, you throw the big lads in. But this was a real case of, Throw the fucking lads in that have got you there. And it was kind of reverse because I think our squad is so deep that you kind of didn't notice the League Cup squad going on as it went on. And you look at Connor Bradley, you look at McConnell, you look at Dan's, you look at, you know, Bobby Clark coming on. It was just, and I'm going to go now because of, of, of a point waiting for me, right? And I, I couldn't be arsed talking to you two pricks. But what I'm going to say is, right, and I mean that in the nicest possible that is as well. sense, boy, because I love both of you equally, right? And not as much as me kids, but I love you equally. But what I'm going to say is, when 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 it went when it was in half time, full time, I could see people getting nervous like, around me, and it was like, relax. These lads know what they're at. They know what they're at, and to see them all come on from, I think it's 75 onwards, and Liverpool got better as the game went on. Chelsea, with all that squad, were restricted to playing on the break and that's the truth they were restricted to playing on the break you know in Kunku on the break Madiwiki on the break Sterling on the break Jackson on the break Liverpool were fucking brilliant well man of the match for me is end up by an absolute country mile because whatever was going on around him he wasn't bothered he was beside him behind him in front of him he won every ball he won tackles he played it who he needed to play it to and you know what it, it's nearly a shame to give a man of the match tonight um, this Honestly, is a monumental victory for Liverpool Football Club. Not only, not only Klopp, not only you know the players that are established, but the lads that come on tonight. It's lads. I can't, I can't overestimate it. And I'm actually, I'm a bit annoyed that I'm not there tonight to do a Sunday night show. I'm a bit annoyed that I'm not there to do a Monday night show. But I'll probably just drag it in as we Tuesday. I'll just drag it to a Tuesday and we will talk about it. But honestly, if you don't believe in this team. And you don't believe that this team can go and win everything right now. Or even this team will give you everything to win these everything now. I don't know what to say to you. I really don't know what to say to you anymore. Look at them. Enjoy them. Adore them. They are they are off the charts fucking good. And this team is off the charts good. Liverpool are off the charts good. One trophy down. Three more to chase. And you know what? Up the fucking Reds. That's all I've got to say on it. I love it. Is there, a, is there a show tonight? We got uh, what? No, there's no show tonight. Because I'll tell you why. I'm on the piss. Keith's on the piss. Um, uh, Sean, he's on the piss. 
and Emma's on the piss with me, but Emma has this thing where he falls asleep a lot. I have to tell you about it. It's really funny. He falls asleep <laughs> a lot, and then he, he and then he makes a massive attempt not to drop stuff, but continues to drop stuff. Um, I've realised that in the last twenty four hours. Emma's going to watch this back and go, "What is going on?" But I've I've renamed him Dropsy, so keep it to yourself because he won't watch this. So <laughs> next Sunday he'll come around, and his name will appear as Dropsy and not Emma. Okay, that's a little spoiler for you. But lads, I'm gonna let you go. I'm not gonna steal anyone's thunder. Listen, go and enjoy the show. The the fucking reds are magic. The reds are fucking magic. And um, yeah, just enjoy it. The reds are amazing. Wow. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks for coming Good on, boss. boss man. Enjoy the city of Liverpool. It's gonna Have be a, great a fun time night tonight. for you and Emmett. God I will. I will. Ah. Uh... Oh. Breathe. So, Kev, where were we? Oh. oh my! Oh my! Oh my! All right, let's get let's get the housekeeping out of the way first. Obviously, we got footballprizes.co.uk. They have another prize up available for grabs for everybody. Limited number of tickets. A ton of instant prizes. Check that out. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Me thinks they may have a League Cup winning prize in the works for in the next couple of weeks and months. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Check out footballprizes.co.uk. Of course, our charity sponsors for this year, Fan Supporting Food Banks in Liverpool, which Gav and Emmett will have seen uh, in and around the city tonight. Also, the Lighthouse in Dublin, which is a cafe providing warm meals for people that need it. And also, a uh, friend of the show, Phil Casey, running five ridiculous uh, endurance races to raise money for the Laura Lynn Hospice in Dublin. You'll find the links to all of those in the description of the show, whether you're watching live, watching back on YouTube, or checking out a podcast download later. Thank you for joining us. Hit the thumbs up button because Kev, my boy, <laughs> fuck me. That was that was nervy, oh. Kev. That was a nervy, right. nervy match. Yeah, that that game had everything. It literally did. It was I. I am blown away by. So much of that performance, man. So much of that performance. I'm blown away by it. it hang on, let me just turn my phone off a sec because it's just hopping like you wouldn't believe. Um, you win a cup or something, Kev? Come on. I don't know. Um, I'd be on. I mean, look, the lineups came out, and I'd be a liar if I didn't say that. And I, there's an awful lot of people who'd probably nod now and say, "Yeah." I say everyone's heart sank a small little bit. The we saw the photos going around before before the lineups were announced. You saw Mo, you saw Dom, you saw um, Darwin around. You was like, okay, fingers crossed. Hopefully, hopefully, there's one of them will be, will be on the bench. And then the lineups came out, and it was literally as you were for the Luton game, bar the two changes that we were expecting. And it was like, okay. Roll your sleeves up and get on with it because that's the squad. That's the, the the squad that has to go and do it. And you know, two minutes of feeling sorry for myself, and the rest of the next fifty eight minutes soaking it all in. And couldn't wait to get get it started. And yeah, listen, unreal, absolutely yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, I I think if you're if you're approaching it as a neutral or don't have deeply red tinted glasses on, you look at the two lineups that dropped right there, and you looked at the sheer number of players that were missing from Liverpool's starting eleven, and you have to put Chelsea as odds on, you know, or even. I Chelsea, I mean Archie Doolan says here, this is a billion pound club. This is a billion yeah. pound club, and we started with Connor Bradley, Harvey Elliott, 
Ryan Grabenberg, you know, not bad. Quavin Kelleher in goal. And I mean, we will be talking about Quavin Kelleher because that's a shout for man of the match right there. What a what a time to get your first clean sheet in his last, I don't even know how many appearances, but it was the same team as Luton, Kev. And I mean, it kind of went a bit like Luton. We had our chances in the first half and we just couldn't finish our dinner. And you thought maybe at halftime we'll get the necessary reaction from the team. But I mean, Luis Diaz is, he burns and then he just kind of fizzles out towards the end. He ran himself into the ground, didn't he? Um, Uh, There's no doubt about that. It was, he left absolutely nothing on the pitch. And I think there were times in that first half where I thought he's managing himself here. Um, You know, there were certain things where he knew he wasn't going to get a ball. He just stopped. You know, and he's not wait. He didn't want to waste energy. He knew that if this goes all the way, he's going to be the one that has to stay on. And you know, I thought we started really well. We were playing some really good stuff. Controlled the game. Controlled the narrative of the game. We dominated the ball. We had the better chances. Um, at, at some point, I'm going to take notes for this stuff. But it's, it's it just felt like it was um, a matter of time for the first 20 minutes of that first half. And that was as good uh, a controlled performance as I've seen for a while, given the amount of changes and given the type of game that we were playing. We we played really well, you know, managed the situation well, got everyone involved. And, you know, it was just... The frustration with me set in after the first couple of minutes, really, with um, Ben Chilwell going through, um, I think it was Connor Bradley. Where Connor Bradley was through to get into the six yard, get into the penalty box, and he just took him out. And you saw the way the referee was going to referee this game then, because that was as clear a booking as you're going to see. And he gave nothing. You know, he gave a foul, and that was it. And I thought, you absolute bollocks, because all you're doing now is inviting silly challenges all over the pitch if you're not going to clamp down from the off. And sure enough, that's what happened. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've never, I haven't watched the 45 minutes this season where I've been more frustrated with a refereeing performance. And it all comes from this narrative of I must keep it 11, the 11 uh, at all costs. And I'm not booking anyone early. I'm letting the game flow. It's absolute codswallop it was an absolute joke of a performance and well i'm gonna say kev i'm happy you mentioned this because i wrote this down at halftime so i i mute all the chats i'm in because i'm taking notes during the game and i don't want other people's opinions of the game to kind of influence what i'm going to say when i come on and do a show afterwards and at halftime in our telegram group prakar singh made a comment pointing out that it feels like the comments that pochettino made about he doesn't want the referees to be too influenced and too biased by the Klopp is leaving Liverpool last season, last dance, hurrah sort of narrative. He didn't want that to influence the referees and that that worked that Pochettino was able to play those mind games with the referee to get in his head because he was not calling anything. The fact that Moises Caicedo finished that game without a yellow card is fucking mind boggling. But the first big chance camp happens eight minutes in there's a, Nice play from Elliott, gets the ball out wide. He crosses it across the field. Robertson puts another cross back in. 
Diaz and Gakpo are both at the back post and Diaz hungry for goals, hundred, you know, hungry to make the difference to be that guy that steps up in this game. He's never going to get over top of that ball to keep it underneath the, you know, to keep it on target. Gakpo standing right behind him. And it's just like, Oh, why? I, all right. That's okay. We can snatch it a few chances, but we're creating things here. And then maybe the standout moment of the first half with the exception of what comes immediately following it on the 20th minute, Tell me I'm pronouncing it right, but Quivine Kelleher, what a save. What an unbelievable save. So if I have it right here, Chelsea break down the right. Ball comes in. It's crossed in. I'm not sure if it's – it might be Gusto that crosses it in. Nicholas Jackson puts a foot out to it. I don't know if he gets a touch on it or not. Sterling is there with the ball. I don't know why he doesn't try to take a first-time or second-time shot with it. Instead, he tries to take an extra touch. Connor Bradley's there to close him down, and the ball falls – to Cole Palmer, and he's, I don't know, how far out? Six yards? Maybe? Yeah. Six yards? He catches it with power, and the strength of the hand at Quavine Kelleher, it's it was all unbel- you can ask a, for. It was an unbelievable save, and clearance then, I think, from Endo to get the second, to get the second block in. Outstanding. But that was the first. I think Kelleher made 10 saves in that game. A lot of them really, really big saves. And he had really big moments in that game. Um, That was an outstanding save. It was pure gut instinct from him to go with the the way the ball, he thought the way the ball was going. Strong arm, got got it back into an area where someone had to get a block on it. And Endo didn't stop. Endo... Got made sure that he was the one dived in, took the gamble, took the risk, but he made sure that there was no clean effort going to be made for a second for a tap in, and we got the ball away. But that was the warning shot, you know. Up until then, Chelsea had done the sweet sum of fuck all, and you know we were bossing everything. But that was the warning shot that on the break they can be dangerous, and you know from then on it was um, a case of mind the back door, but. Trust, trust, an awful lot of trust was was involved today. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just he had he had the game that he's been threatening to have for a long time. Grieving cut out. Yep. Um, he had. Uh, I think Carragher made the point in in commentary. You wouldn't know that Allison wasn't playing. It was that level of performance. And look, I think it's his fourteenth game this season. And he just looks rock solid. He looks absolutely rock solid and deserve deserves all the accolades that are gonna come his way. He was absolutely unbelievable today. Yeah, it's uh I saved this comment from Bob Paddock early in the show. It might even been before the show started because of course we were a little delayed with the game going to extra time, but Endo and Virgil kept it all together, and that's going to be kind of a running theme of the entire show talking about this match as far as I'm concerned, because I thought those two senior players that have seen some shit before when we end up with, I think somebody pointed out, we ended up with seven Academy players on the pitch at the end of the game. We had our veteran players stand up and make themselves counted. It's absolutely unbelievable. And where was that? Hold on a second. Ashley L, my absolute favorite person in the entire chat, says Kuvin Kelleher hasn't conceded a goal in either of his two, I think that should be three finals for Liverpool, 
all versus Chelsea, despite facing 13 shots on target and a 3.9 XG, which is a real stat on target. That's uh, massive. It is, I mean, it really is, Kev, because when Allison picked up that injury and we knew that we were going to have Kelleher come in, and so Nottingham Forest makes that late deadline day bid of $15 million, a derisory offer for Kevin Kelleher, and Liverpool naturally turn it down. But he yeah. hadn't had the best season up to this point. So he comes in for Allison, and I don't believe we've had a clean sheet since. That we've been conceding goals. They haven't been Kelleher's fault, but we haven't been keeping a clean sheet. So to come out in a League Cup final, in a showpiece match at Wembley, and get that clean sheet, and not just by accident, not by accident at all. Quivin Kelleher was fantastic today. He was so, so good. Uh, but I mean, we got to go from good to bad because uh, it doesn't seem like we would be talking about a Liverpool match if uh, three minutes later, all of a sudden, we have two players down from collisions on the ball. Gravenberch and Gakpo both go down. Gakpo jumps right back up. Uh, Gravenberch stays down and they show the replay of it. And Moises Caicedo, uh, hold on, what was the the actual quote from the VAR room that the comms that I was watching passed along was accidental slipping motion. So it was deemed to be an accidental slipping motion, which means that by that logic, if that's an accidental slipping motion and is not worthy of either a foul, a yellow card, or a straight red card, that means that the slipping motion that Curtis Jones had when he went over the ball against Tottenham and caught Yves Bissouma was a purposeful slipping motion. Like The litany of mind-boggling refereeing decisions in this game really got off to a, uh, a roaring start in the first 25 minutes of this game because how is it not a foul or an, a yellow card at yeah yeah Chris Golding points out he says but 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 Matt Caicedo was looking away for fuck's sakes you've uh, seen that given a red card right Kev I mean you're the one that said it was a penalty in the last game that we did so I'm I'm hoping you've got my back here you saw yesterday in the Brighton game Billy Gilmore sent off for a virtually identical thing and it was brought to my attention at halftime in the game by a Brighton fan I did a poll. I put up a poll on um, Talking Cop Twitter feed at halftime. And I just asked three simple questions. Red, yellow, did the ref get it right? And the first comment underneath it was a link to the Billy Gilmore sending off yesterday. Um, how it's not a foul is beyond me. The The more you see it, the worse it is. Yeah, The, the more you see it, the worse it gets. The fact that he had his leg planted compounds it. And he literally folded like a deck of cards. And if you're telling me that Moses Coisado didn't know where what he was doing, you're having a laugh. He knew well, exactly. Chris Golding is of the exact same opinion. He says he knew, he knew, he knew exactly. exactly. He knew exactly what he was doing. And my first instinct when I saw that was that's his season done. Um, and we don't know it the extent be. of the injury. We don't know. I mean, the truth is, we saw him at the in the celebrations at the end. He was out on the pitch with everyone jumping around like an absolute lunatic. Yeah. The hope is that it's literally he went, his body fell with the momentum, and it looks worse than what it is. That's yeah. the that's the only hope. Well, it's the same hope that we have it's, for Curtis Jones because it's very it's not exactly the same, but it's reminiscent of the way that Jones went over on his ankle against yeah. Luton in midweek. And. As yeah. Ashley L points out, 
don't worry, Moises Caicedo. There's only seven more years left on your contract. I'm sure it will fly by. And I mean, it's I mean, it's not great. VR can't, yeah, the VR can't turn back, go back and say, yeah, it's a yellow card. Yeah, they're not allowed to. You know, um, and I think that personally, I've always said that that's an absolute nonsense. If the ref misses something, that's a that's a foul and should be a yellow card. Go back and fucking book him. You know, otherwise, what's the point of you? You know, if he, if they're just literally going to use it for red cards, look at all of the stuff that they're missing. That was a horrific tackle, and nobody will ever convince me otherwise that he didn't know exactly what he was doing. Didn't know exactly. What, this is why I'm delighted. More so, that I'm delighted that we won this today. Because if I said anything different, it would have sounded come across as sour grapes. It was a disgusting tackle. Yeah, and it would be sour grapes, Kev, because tackle. those grapes taste like shit. Yeah. And there's an even I mean, worse one that we're going to get on to. Uh, so I, Joe Gomez comes on for Ryan Gravenberch. And uh, to the complete and utter surprise of my Tom's team, who clearly don't know a lot about what Connor Bradley did on loan at Bolton Wanderers last season, were blown away that Connor Bradley went up to play right wing as opposed to right midfield. So we got Elliott dropping from right wing back into the right side at eight. Gomez came on at right back. Bradley went up top uh, to replace Gravenberch. Yeah, I think we, we lost the control of the game then for about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. It was a get to halftime job at that point. Yeah. It was a get to halftime. At that point, yeah. Ch Ch the changes came. Chelsea grew into the game. Uh, we kind of went 4 3 3, but Bradley looked a bit lost in in that position on the right wing, where you'd hope, you, I was hoping that it would literally revert to a 4 4, four 2 or something, where he just plays an orthodox right mid, and maybe Harvey would come over and play on the left as a left mid cutting inside, allowing Robertson to go on the overlap. Joe Gomez sits and, you know, you kind of revert into your normal back three shape that way, but you attack more down the, the left-hand side. But look, it was, it was, they grew into the game then for a little bit. You know, weren't exactly clinical or weren't Well, they got the ball in the back or, of the net. Yeah, but it was still, it was, I, first instinct, I thought it was way off. It, oh, it was closer to what I thought. When I saw it live, Kev, I thought he bent that run perfectly. I thought no, he bent I, that run perfectly, and it yeah, was. I, th I thought he was a lot further off than what he actually was. It was closer than what than what it looked. It was a brilliant cross. It was a brilliant cross to find Sterling, and there was nothing anyone could do about it. That cross was inch perfect, but I I I was really relaxed about it. But saying that, after seeing the, the graven burst tackle, thought they're going to screw us here. Hmm. Yep. Because yep. you're basically. You had no idea, O'Sullivan. You had no idea how hard they were going to screw. Us. Yeah, I honestly thought we we're going to get screwed here, and but no, it 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 was I, you know in fairness, it was closer than what I thought. Yeah. But it was just a gut instinct. The way he got away, I thought that would that that looked off. It just you know you you watch enough football over the years. You get a gut feeling as to what's off and what's not. If you're in that yeah. much space, you have to have done something that was against the rules. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, he was he was wide open. Jackson does what we think initially might be well against Ibu Kanate, which was a running battle all night. He crosses it over. And of all people you do not want to ever see score against Liverpool Football Club, Raheem Sterling might be at the very tippy tippy top of that list. I have uh, – he's close. Please, 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 offside, question mark, few. So 
there we go. And it's the this is at 32 minutes. I wrote can't go behind in this one because it, <laughs> that's the best comment I've seen. So I'm presuming it's. <laughs> I'm presuming it's this one from Red Steve. Yeah. The PGMOL have released an official statement that says we would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those pesky kids. Which is, <laughs> uh, we missed oh, you when you were gone, Red Steve. Uh, we missed you when you were gone. Uh, Thirty-six minutes, Kev. I had to note this one because it was a pretty mundane piece of play, and then Alexis McAllister picks the ball up at the right back position and plays one of the most insanely dangerous passes across the top of our yeah. own box I have ever seen. A little bit of shit may have may have come out of me on that one because it just felt like we can't we can't make a mistake. Like it was really one of yeah. those games where you cannot afford to make a mistake at all. And it was just like stop playing with fire, stop playing with fire. Uh Andy Robertson gets in. Uh, there's a cutback to Cole Palmer that Robertson's in the way to block that out. We get into halftime only after somehow when Ben Chilwell and Connor Bradley come together on the sidelines and Ben Chilwell is pushing anybody in a red top that he can see. Cody Gakbo comes in backing up his teammates, doing quite well, gives a shove to Ben Chilwell. And somehow out of all of it, Connor Bradley gets a yellow card. I didn't I didn't quite yeah, uh, did. I didn't quite understand. He's done absolutely nothing wrong apart from getting an get an elbow down the back of the head. While Chilwell was on the ground, he did absolutely nothing, nothing. But it's just a standard. Well, he started it. You were involved. You're both getting a booking. And I think you're getting your card out for that. Yeah, you got a guy potentially the- with a broken fucking leg, and you're getting your card out for a bit of handbags. A bit. Of, that's literally what I wrote and down. The- was just handbags at halftime. It was just and the, the worst it was of it, a little pushing. You go back to what I said about the first few minutes. Chilwell should have been off then. Because uh, yeah, there's no funny. doubt in my mind, he should have been booked in the first few minutes when he took out Connor Bradley running into the box. I think it was Connor yeah. Bradley or Harvey. It was one of the two. Took him out after about three minutes gone, three or four minutes gone. That would have been his second yellow. It would have been down to 10. And you're playing a different game. You know? Yeah. It, it, that's what really boiled me, the fact that that's what he took his his card out for. And as usual, the pundits on Sky, in bed with the PGMOL, let the referee off with an absolute blessing that at halftime, yeah, he's done a good job. He's done a good job. He's handled the game well. He's let the game flow. I swear, I'm really biting through my tongue <laughs> to say what I really think. Well, don't do that. I mean, Chris, you, you, you Chris back, backs, Bracky backs you up here. He says, far too much Mike Dean and Neville interaction on comms, which as much as it pains me to have lost Peter Drury from the international feed, made a straight up trade, Peter Drury from Martin Tyler on the international feed. So now I have to deal with Martin Tyler comms and I don't get the joy of Peter Drury comms. I am so happy I don't have to deal with things like Mike Dean and Gary Neville having a moan interaction uh on the comms uh out of my halftime thoughts kev the very first thing i wrote down was ref lost a bit of the run of the game to me that was the that was the biggest takeaway kai should be on the yellow day yeah Chilwell should have been should have been on a yellow card before he got one shades the first half against luton and a massive save from kuvin kelleher yeah that's that's how i summed up the first half when i when i took my yeah i mean 
we needed halftime um, just basically to reorganize. You know, it was, it was, um, we had, you know, we, we grew back into it for the last five minutes and a half. But in general, you could tell from the good start that we had, Chelsea came back in and had a spell. We got back into it again the last five minutes or so. But in general, oh, I think we needed. You're right. We Connor Bradley. Connor Bradley had a really good chance on 44 minutes. I missed that one. Uh, Diaz and Elliott link up really well down the left hand side. The ball gets crossed back into the box. It ends up with Levi Colwell putting yeah. in a pretty big block on Connor Bradley. But he yeah. should do. He should do better with that. But I mean, I think a bit more experience. He shifts that to the side and rifles it. But yeah. at the end of the day, you're in a League Cup final at Wembley, and you can. You could, you know, it's the safe option. You just wanted to get a shot away, get get something away, and you never know. But a bit more experience under his belt, and he takes that to the side, and he rifles it into the top top of the net, and you know you're going in one nil. Well, I can tell you what is not going to happen is uh, I don't see a single Liverpool fan of sound mind and body getting on Connor Bradley's back over today's game because no, he was he's... he was very he was very good. I mean, just it's going to when we get towards the end of the game, we are going to be waxing lyrical about people whose names you probably wouldn't have known 18, 24 months ago. And that says so, so, so much for our team. Were you confident at halftime, Kev? Because I'm not going to lie. At halftime, I got the distinct, acrid whiff of penalties off of this game. No, I was still confident because I thought we've created enough half chances that as long as we keep playing as long as we got back to playing and controlling the game that we will create another chance and hope you hope that you take it I mean at the end of the day this is the same Chelsea side that got a draw against Man City it was just the exact same 11 that got a draw against Man City last week but in truth Man City should have rattled four or five past them you know they Haaland missed an absolute lot of chances and we weren't ruthless enough in the chances that we did have in the first half. You know, we should have taken this game out of the equation at halftime with the amount of half-decent chances that we did have. But I just felt that something would come. I I was looking at Diaz and Gakpo thinking, something will fall for you. You know, it's just a case of will you will you take it? But I understand. I understand. I mean, halftime, Chris saying there he had the feeling of dodgy decision would screw us. I had that in the back of my head as well. Yeah, I don't know. I that feels like that. revisionist history. That feels like revisionist history. It's it's not because I've got the text messages to prove it. I've I great podcast by the first, way. For the, for the for, for the first time ever, I got my full tip tin for hat on. Ooh, an aluminum haberdasher was, was visited. At it that it was I literally like going. It, I honestly thought we were going to get screwed. I I really did. I I saw at some way, shape, or form that we're gonna they're gonna come contrived to screw us and okay well let's let's just get right coming. to it kev before that the only thing of note that i really have is uh chelsea have a break where enzo fernandez tries an elaborate back heel instead of laying the ball off to a wide open connor gallagher who almost certainly would have scored and then elliot has a nice volley that saved uh we get on to the 59th yeah. minute connor gallagher wipes out alexis McAllister. absolutely no card i pegged it at about 32 yards Left left of center, Andy Robertson throws an in-swinger in. Virgil van Dyke 
hour. Chilwell with a handful of jersey and 0% hope. Header back across the keeper who has no chance. A VAR check. It, that's what my notes read. Because when I watch that, for the life of me, Cam O'Sullivan, I couldn't see. What are they looking at? Virgil's onside by three or four bodies. There's no question that Virgil van Dijk is onside. And when the ball comes off of his head, when the next attacking action happens, there's nobody else around him except for Ben Chilwell, who looks like a child up against a full-sized man. I have never, I've never seen a goal reverse for that. I might have missed one. I mean, the Rajivs of the chat that watch every single game across every single league, every single weekend might might give me multiple examples. I, I have I I don't understand, Kev. What um, the fuck did they chalk it off for? I think uh Manchester United had one chalked off with Harry Maguire for the same thing. Um basically Endo blocked off uh Colwell. Colwell was running back in, Endo stood still. Yeah, blocked off. Endo has to off. occupy space. He has to. Yeah. He's once because he, he was coming from an Endo was offside when the ball was yes. played. So as soon as he become he blocks off Caldwell, Caldwell would have been defending the area that Van Dyke headed the ball from. He Endo became active, and that's why they chalked it off. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm going to the messenger, Kevin. You're me, a long way away. No, so it almost that, that, that's why. Atlantic, but. That, that's why it was disallowed. But you will see that goal given and that set piece defended exactly that way in every single game from now until the end of the season. And you will not see a foul given. Or if you do, it'll be a very rare thing. That defending and set piece of attacking it will happen every game. And you, it's literally I, the game plan of yeah, a half a dozen every teams team. in the Premier League, every Brentford, team. West Ham, like so yeah. many teams set up players in obviously offside positions because players, humans, things have to occupy a physical space in their environment. That's how you are a thing is by occupying fucking space. Endo can't get out of the way. He's not making himself bigger. That's just no. a screenplay. And even in games, in sports that have less physical contact than football, I'm looking at you yeah. basketball, where you're yeah. allowed even less physical play. A player is allowed to stand where they're currently standing and block yeah. the space off for the defender. Levi Colwell doesn't have some sort of God-given right to go in the area that Endo's standing in just because he's in an offside position. I am so happy we won this game that we don't have to be fucking screaming about this, even though I might actually currently be screaming about it. <laughs> it's just, like, honestly, yeah. Kev, I didn't think, I. they initially said they're checking offside for Gakpo. And it was like, I don't even think Gakpo was involved no, in Gakpo that at wasn't all. Even in, yeah, Gakpo wasn't anywhere near it. As soon as uh, Mike Dean come on the comms and started talking about the block, then you just knew that that's... As soon as Mike Dean come on and started talking about it, Gary Neville was already on commentary earlier in the game, calling for exactly that to happen, that we should be looking at our set pieces, get a blocker for Van Dyke, so that Virgil can get a clear run and attack the ball. Every side sets up those set pieces 
exactly like that. Now, if they're going to be suddenly be consistent and start calling that all the time, that's fine. John. Oh, I, yeah. I Bracky's got your back. Don't worry yeah. about it. Bracky's got your back. No, I'm just saying that goal should have stood. Matt, what you're talking about with the screen of basketball, the screen of basketball isn't called a foul as long as the player doesn't move. Doesn't move. Right. Or make themselves bigger. You In, can't put your arms out. You have to literally. I remember playing basketball as a kid. Exactly. You have to do that. You cross your arms at your chest. But exactly. Endo did reach out to grab him to, to stop him. But John made the point in the chat that um, he wasn't going to get there. That doesn't matter. That doesn't come into the equation. It was it was literally in the area that they were looking at. That's it, I, it, have, that's it ducks, If the NFL doesn't I, call pass interference with an yeah. ass, like in the NFL, they will not call pass interference on a play when the receiver cannot get there. It can't be yeah. a foul if you were never going to get to the ball. And Colwell was never going to mm. get to the ball. People of the Mouse also points out what I saw is that Ben Chilwell, yep. full, full handful of Virgil's shirt. But I guess yeah. because it was offside, you can break a guy's ACL and it doesn't matter. Anything after offside literally doesn't exist. Yeah. We learned that in, in the Everton match when Pickford broke Virgil in half. Ah, Virgil. Ah, Virgil. He's so back. I mean, okay, so that's infuriating, but we will move on from that. Shortly thereafter, Nkunku comes on for Sterling. The fucking snake goes again. That's when I having... got worried. Genuinely, yeah, he... that's, when, that's when I got worried. It's literally the exact opposite substitution of whenever Mudrick came on the field. Like I knew that we were we were gassed and we were running out of a little bit of legs and we'll get to it. I absolutely adored the substitution of Kwanzaa for Kanate because of that fact. And Kanate was on a yeah. yellow card, but Christopher Nkunku is a footballer, and yeah, he's, he's I think have the reason why we're both worried when you see a Christopher Nkunku being subbed onto the pitch is because he's missed so much football since he moved to Chelsea that he hasn't played for Chelsea enough as a center forward to be ruined because that's what yeah. that club does. That club takes promising center forwards and it fucking pickles them like a brine solution. So Christopher and Kunku will be falling by the way. Oh, people of the mouse, you're too nice. People of the mouse just throws up a four pound 99 super sticker, which doesn't come up on the screen for some reason, but in the chat, you can see it says critical hit, which I love. That's a 20 on a dodecahedron dice for anybody that doesn't play Dungeons and Dragons. I love the generosity, people of the mouse. YouTube, YouTube will take their uh, hit off of that, but Gav will donate whatever the channel gets into our fundraising campaign. And again, if you're checking us out, I see we got about 216 people in here watching now. Hit the like button and check out the links in the description for our charity fundraisers because that's what this channel is all about, is adoring Liverpool Football Club, especially when they win trophies, but also trying to help out uh, charities as best we possibly can. Uh Kev, we get to 72 minutes, and Connor Bradley, as much as I thought he might become the hero after uh, being moved up into the right wing position, is take it off for Bobby Clark. The first of a multitude of substitutions of, like I said, people whose names you would not have known two years ago. Yeah. Look, the Connor Bradley uh, substitution made more sense. Um it was pure legs. At the end, of, it's it's. This is our third game in eight days. He's had he's been involved in every single one. So, it. I I always thought that he was only going to play sixty minutes, maybe seventy at a push, depending on how the game was playing. 
But Bobby Clark, we've seen him already making appearances off the bench, um, comfortable. You know, he 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 slotted back into the, the middle of the park, comfortable on the ball, um, calm, measured, didn't take any risks, but you don't want him to. But he gets around the pitch and he's got energy, and that's exactly what we needed at the time. And it allowed Harvey to come back out into the right hand side to try to get more involved. But at the same time, um, around this time, Chelsea were starting to really come into it. Mm. You know, it was um, it was it was a worrying part of the game, no doubt about it. Yeah, it uh, it felt like from that point on, especially with between all the referees' calls going against us, the Gravenberch injury the Virgil goal being disallowed for a completely incomprehensible reason. It felt like fates were stacking up against this Kev. And it's even worse when you look at the bench and both teams benches, I'll point this out. Like Chelsea didn't have a strong bench. There was a couple Chelsea players on them, on their bench that I've never heard of before. Alfie Gilchrist has made a couple of, you know, small substitute appearances here and there throughout the season. But there was a couple other players on there that I've never known but I looked at their attacking options they had to bring on. They had Nkunku to bring on. They had Mudrik to bring on. They had Matuweke to bring on. Our strength and depth was purely defensively. And when I say strength and depth, I mean Joe Gomez, a much maligned player for this team who many people would have literally driven to the airport to get him out of our club this past summer or the summer before that or the summer before that ad nauseum. And Jarrell Kwanzaa and Kostas Simikas, Chris Brack's favorite player. We did not really have a lot of game changers, Kev, when it came to getting a goal for us. So we bring on Clark for Bradley, and it was literally like, well, there goes some goal threat for us. What's going to happen here? What happens is Elliot moves back to to the right wing position. Bobby Clark takes up the right eight position. Joe Gomez continues at uh, the right back position. It it didn't... (sighs) It just wasn't good. Gallagher hits the post shortly thereafter. Uh, there's no way Kelleher was ever going to get there. No. I don't know. If, I don't know if Gallagher was attempting that as a shot or just to try to continue the ball along the line of Chelsea attacking players in the box. It, w- but- it would have been a great goal if it yeah. had gone in. It would have been a great goal. But it was a brilliant ball by uh, Palmer, and he was definitely going for goal. You know, he was definitely going for goal. Um, Kelleher wouldn't have had a chance. It rattled the bar, rattled the post. But Inside I don't know if it was in around, right back into yeah. the danger area. Yeah, I I don't know if it was in there around that time that Cody Gakpo hit the post as well from the header. Um, was that further a bit? Was that a bit further back? It might be. That bit. was about halfway through the first, halfway through the second half. Yeah, that um that header the, where he was coming away from the ball, tried to get power back on it. Yeah, I know. And, the, um, I know the chance you're talking about. I don't yeah. know when that. Happened. But yeah, but. It, from then on, really, it was up until the changes, up until the next raft of changes, Chelsea were looking really threatening, really dangerous. Kelleher made some really, really good saves. You know, and there was some good last ditch defending. There was you know it would have been very easy for people to panic and very easy for uh players to get frazzled and shit the bed basically. They didn't. Um they tried to play out from the back all the time. They they rosetted it when it needed to be rosetted, mm-hmm. but in but in the main, we we carried on trying to play, 
And that's to our credit. That's to the credit of the players that Klopp had on there. And that's just the way we play. You know, and that's embedded now. And you're seeing it embedded in everything from the under 23s, the under 18s, the under 16s, all the way down. That this is how we play, this is how we press, and this is what you do in this situation. So that when you're called upon, you know what you're doing, and it's not a shock to the system. You know, and despite the occasion, but and this is the occasion that at the start of this season. The vast majority of the players who finished that game today will have never believed in a million years that they would have been in that position. Never. Yet, when they were called upon, they just knew exactly what to do and how to do it. And that's testament to Klopp, Linders, the entire coaching staff, the under-23 coaching staff, all the way down the line. They deserve huge credit for, for today. Yeah, yeah, you you've kind of stolen my uh, grand overall Sorry, arching thought. No, that's fine. I'm happy that we're on the same wavelength for it. But it just shows that the whole ethos that the things that we love about Liverpool Football Club have completely seeped and permeated down through the very roots of the club, and it's now a club thing. It's not a it's not a first team thing you know it's not a senior squad thing it's not a starting 11 thing it's not a two or three superstars thing it's not a manager with a massive ego thing it's this is Liverpool this is how we play football and if we need to bring up a Jaden Dans from the academy that the last time you saw him he was four foot nine inches tall and now he's six and a half feet tall he still knows how to play the way that we want to play and it's it feeds into that conversation when you start having the inevitably necessary conversations about who is going to be the next Liverpool manager, that whoever is lucky enough to get the tap on the shoulder to take that job from Klopp, they are inheriting brilliance that we've done so well for the last almost a decade now of building from not just the bottom up, but the top down of from every level simultaneously at the same time. Uh, the first, I I had to make a note of it. Bobby Clark came on at 72 minutes, and by 82 minutes, I had to make a separate note that says, how good has Bobby Clark been so far? He went into a couple 1v1 challenges against, I don't know, let's just throw out some, throw out some 100 million pound midfielders, Kev. Uh, Enzo Fernandez, beat yeah. him 1v1. Moises Caicedo, beat him 1v1. A 19-year-old kid, did I put down how many appearances that he's had? Uh, this was his this was his ninth appearance for the Liverpool senior team. A League Cup final going in against a quarter billion pound midfield combination of Moises Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez. And he did not hide. I will say I thought he flagged a little <laughs> bit towards the end of uh of extra time. It seemed like he was running out of legs when he had only been on the pitch for 50 minutes or so, but <laughs> The kids, man. The fucking kids. Yeah, they all. I mean, the the next lot of changes when they came, right? Eighty-seven minutes made three changes, and you're thinking he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it, isn't he? You know, well, it would have been. It would, but it would have been easy for him to ride out the ninety minutes plus the injury time, and just see it out and make changes at halftime, make it or at the start of extra time and make the adjustments. No, 87 minutes. Costas comes on for Andy Robertson. Uh, still coming back from injury, Andy, Andy Robertson. Um, you know, James McConnell comes on for Alexis McAllister. 
Jaden Dance comes on for Cody Gakpo. Now, at the end of the day, with the injury to Ryan Gravenberch, we don't know what the hell it is. We've, we're now in a situation where we have three fit centre mids. So you have to have one eye on the next fixture and one eye on the fixture after that and so on. So not surely has, not at 88 minutes of a cup final. Though, but, th- but this is where the trust comes in with the James, the likes of James McConnell who comes on that you've made substitute appearances at Anfield. You've come off the bench. You know what's expected of you. You know how to do the role. You know, we've seen it, it from preseason all the way through whenever he's been put onto the pitch and you ask him to put his foot on the ball and pass the ball, he can absolutely do it. So, absolute faith in in the kid, and Klopp has absolute faith in these kids. So, he Klopp is big picture in that moment, and that I think it was the right call. Give him a few minutes, give him the confidence of seeing it out, organize at the end of the game for extra time, and get get into it then. You know, uh, I I thought it was a masterstroke. Give him a yeah. few minutes to get to get fit, to get around the pitch, get a sweat up. You know, get into the feel of the game, and see it out. You get the confidence from seeing it out to get into full time, and then you take that confidence into extra time. I'll be one second. I gotta sort do something. Oh dear! Oh dear! Well, yeah. I mean, it uh, it takes us into the eighty the eighty fifth minute. Another instance for Quivine Kelleher to step up and do his absolute best Allison Becker impersonation. There is a picture that somebody did that I saw up on the Liverpool FC subreddit. I would highly recommend you checking it out. I don't have the IT aptitude to share that with all of you tonight. And it's a picture of Quivine with a big Allison style beard on because, my lord, Quivine comes off of his line and shuts down the 1v1 chance exactly as you would expect Allison Becker to be doing for us. Connor Gallagher is wide open. He is wide open and he should slot that in. I mean, Chris Brack says top saves from Kelleher. I mean, yeah, he was, he was all over this match. This is just before we made our uh, final raft of full-time uh, regular time substitutions. That's a chance for Chelsea. Chelsea, like the Chelsea fans, I'm sure there's a, a, analogous Chelsea podcast that's going through this right now and they've hit the 85th minute mark in their match rundown and they're going how is Connor Gallagher not scoring from there because he's wide open he's wide open plays it a little bit too close to Kelleher I haven't seen a lot of replays of it there might not have been a lot of angle of him to start it wide of Kelleher and try to bend it into the net but Kelleher comes out so fast and so big so big and shuts it down and it's just Oh, I love to see it. There's he, nothing. He, he reads the pass so well that, and he's brave. He just showed his bravery that this is where the ball is going to be. Get one touch, smash. You're straight into him. You don't let him. Sorry, you don't let him breathe. If that was a striker, yeah, even that Daniel Sturridge at the end of, at the end of the game when they were analysing, is it a striker takes that around the keeper? Or a striker slots that through the keeper's legs because the keeper recognizes spreads. that he's that he's already too committed, yeah. and there's not even recognize it. Has the anticipation that I know that the keeper is right up me. I have to do this. this oh, is that the keeper was I fucking do. right up him, Kev. He <laughs> was right up him, Kev. Oh yeah, 
But it was like, you could see a mile away where the pass was coming from. Anyone, we all could see it. It was just a case that Gallagher Gallagher didn't have the instincts of a striker to know what to do in that situation. Keller, as Madge says there, Keller is an intelligent keeper. Uh, Makes all the difference. Yeah, you see, he just reads it really well. Plus, you know, you've got the calmness of his distribution, the ability that he is the extra, he is the sweeper, the ultimate sweep. He's a modern-day sweeper-keeper that has learned from the best and has taken that on to develop into... I mean, Klopp said he's the best number two goalkeeper in the world. Find me a better one. You know, he's an outstanding keeper. I was laughed at when I said that I wouldn't accept anything less than 45 million for him at the end of last season. That's higher than I would have gone. I would have said 30. But I still wouldn't... At his age and his ability and what he's achieved so far in the game, I wouldn't accept anything less than £45 million for a keeper of that quality, especially the fact that he's homegrown, has all the potential in the world to be one of the best keepers in the world. Wouldn't give you a a penny back on £45 million. I think he's an outstanding keeper. Um, There's a comment from Shaz earlier. He is my man of the match for today, by the way. He is my man of the match for today. He was was also mine. He was also mine. I I just thought at the moments that Kelleher made his biggest contributions to the match, we were losing. If Kelleher doesn't make his contributions, like if Virgil doesn't score his goal, it goes to penalties, and then who the fuck knows what happens in penalties? Literally, that would have been what Chelsea's coaching staff would have been saying because they would have looked at the players we had available to take penalties today and went, we have no data. We don't know where they might kick it. We don't even know what foot these kids are. It's literally a bunch of children out there on the pitch. So uh, I thought the same same thing, Shaz, was the save was like, dude, from the Champions League final. It's, it was It was so important for him to be making those saves. And the one against Palmer, Kev, this might yeah. be over-egging it a tiny little bit, but it gave me a lot of the same feelings I got. Do you remember the save that Allison made against Almiron when we were 1-0 down at Newcastle earlier this year? Yeah. yeah. It gave me a lot where you look at it and you're like, you have no right to save that. He kicked that ball yeah. so fucking hard. It should have broken the bones in your arm. You shouldn't be allowed to save it. It should just go in the yeah. net and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. I love it because it's it's literally the only thing that this performance does for Quivine Callagher, besides making him more of a cult hero for us, he might be our biggest cult hero goalkeeper. He may have overtaken Jersey Dudek. I know the Champions League final is a much bigger thing than this, but this is three domestic he's a, he's this generation. Now. He's this generation's first. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I mean, at the end of the literally, day. All this is doing, every match he plays because Allison is out injured, is an extra one, two million. On his transfer fee but because he's going in ev- the summer. Yeah, look, everything that I, I look at, every save that he makes makes me think our name is on this. Hmm. Yeah, you know, who's who's going to put their hand up and be that that guy? You know, because um, he, he he did make some outstanding saves, made some unbelievable decisions given the context of the game and where we were in it. Um, well, they, look, they they have a moment just before full time ends, Kev. It's on two minutes of injury time, and all I have written down is how do they not score with six question marks? And then Ibu Kelleher Gomez Kelleher in sequence all stop the ball from going into our net in the maddest of goal scrambles that you've ever seen. And because I was kind of the same, it's like it felt like we were destined to not win this game. 
It felt like all the calls have gone against us. The rub of the green has gone against us. We've lost another one of our senior midfielders of all the positions on the pitch to lose another player to in Gravenberch. We've got nothing but kids to bring onto the pitch. Like, there, there's no way we can win this game. And then they get this mad goal mouth scramble, and it feels like one of those where somebody just kicks the ball, it goes off the back of Kanate or yeah. Van Dyke, or, you know, Kelleher flaps at it and it goes in and. Chelsea ride off victorious in the sunset with their trophy. It doesn't go in. And we yeah. get to the end of regular time and it was pens, right, Kev? Like you, you thought we're at that gonna... point. Yeah. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. I was, I mean, at the end of the day, they came in, they finished that second half so strong that um, I just thought get Klopp to get around these kids, give them, not a rocket, but just give them a bit of confidence. Like, you know, you deserve to be here. You know, you're not just attending. It's not like you're there to make up the numbers. This is your final and it's up to you however you wanna however you wanna play it. And I just thought, okay, let's let's just see how the first five minutes goes. See how the first five minutes. But a special word for the Traveling the traveling cop today uh, and feel safe. My god, the noise that they made in that game today was unbelievable. And the belief that crept into them as this as the first period of extra time started when they saw how we were playing and they saw how the kids were playing, it was just a wall of noise mm. from then on. It was an absolute wall of noise, unlike so it's like some you you'd hear at Anfield. On a, when the floodlights are on in a European night, that was where it was on a par. It was a thing of beauty to watch that extra time play out because we just literally had our arse handed to us for the last 15 minutes of that second half. And we regrouped, regathered, and absolutely dominated. We broke their hearts in the first mm. half of extra time. Absolutely broke them. And this is a squad that has been put together by with a billion pounds of absolute potential superstars, so say. And here we are with kids from the academy who are finding their way in the professional game. And the likes of Luis Diaz blowing an absolute gasket. Oh, my goodness, you know, Kim. I have it written it, down here at about 13 minutes of the first half of added on time of... Luis Diaz, Diaz is completely gassed. He li he literally couldn't run anymore. He could not mm. run anymore. He was done. Yeah. You know who wasn't done though, Kev? Was fucking Virgil van Dyke because 12 and a half minutes, A plus defending. Covering over for Ibu Kanate. Uh, no, I yeah. think Kanate might have been off. The no, Kanate was no, still no, on. No, no, no. Kanate was still on. Yeah, so Kanate was trying to deal with Mudrick. Mudrick came on for Nicholas Jackson just before added time in the original 90 minutes. The nomenclature is all getting hard because, again, I've drank in a bottle of champagne since we started the show. Uh, I thought Ibu did so, so well in that game. Like It was clearly the target of Chelsea if they were going to have any joy. It was going to be targeting that right wing, right center half, area that half yeah. that half space in there and Ibu Kanate got into some races races that I thought when I when you first see it the ball comes over the top and it bounces awkwardly and you see 
it's Nicholas Jackson against Ibu Kanate. He's going to win this easy. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, he didn't win it at all. He didn't win it at all. But then he recovers. He wins it easily. But towards the end of the first half of added time, Virgil van Dijk makes a couple of clearances in our box where it's, to me, I know it's not a real thing, but that's a captain staying on the pitch with his play, with his performance. Fuck that. We're done. We're done. They're not scoring. We're done. And Virgil van Dijk was a, a monster today, Kevin. Yeah. Defensively. Yeah. Like you, a, mentioned a real earlier, you mentioned earlier of just the simple thing of just lamp it out for a throw-in. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you could yeah. do something cute and it might create a break where we can go up the other end and maybe try to create a chance. But the safe thing to do, the smart thing to do, the correct thing to do is to just kick it into the Z row and we start over from a throw-in. And I I was so fucking nervous, Kev. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm normally so positive in this, but I looked at the players we had on the pitch and it was just like, I don't see how we score a goal. Like, it's going to penalties. I said it at the end of the 90 minutes. I might have said it at halftime of it feels like it's going to penalties. And to me, there was no way this game wasn't going to finish like all the recent Liverpool-Chelsea Cup finals finish, nil all, penalties. Yeah, it was it was playing out that way. Look, it was they were quite happy to try to sit in and play for the counters. You know, they're that's all they had by the end of it, you know. And we were sat there, we we did everything we could to try to score and try to try to get something on it. There was the one cross that came in that um was a cross that came in. I think it was Virgil headed it back for yeah, the one that Virgil headed it back for Dan's to head over, and he just headed it out, went out for a corner. What a it moment was, that would have been. Yeah. It, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you forget this kid is big, and he he got up. You know, it needed saving. It was one of them, like, but I honestly felt there was only one team going to do something in that half because we were the only, the only side looking to play football. You know, it, Chelsea had decided at full time by the look of them, get to, get they put everything into that last fifteen minutes of the game. They emptied the tank at this stage, and um, we'd made the changes and we just we just went again. We bossed the ball. We were playing football. We we dominated possession, and we looked like we were working working half chances. So you get to the end of the first period of extra time, you're like, can they do it again? Have Chelsea been like storing themselves to give them one final push? But no, we just kept out and we we just did it again. Wait, you know, the, never, the half never. the halftime so, of the the halftime of the added time, Kev, is a brilliant substitution. I don't yeah. think we had any other options left. Uh, I guess Kumas or Trey Neoni could have come on, or maybe Adrian could have come on. But we we had our last roll of the dice. You get the sixth substitution to use when there's added time. We take Kanate yeah. off, who had been under a ton of pressure, on a yellow card, and we bring on another academy kid to end the game with seven youth products on the pitch for us in a fucking. And the first, well, remember the first thing he had to do. I I uh, straight, might not. Straight from the kickoff, he was charged down by Unkunku. I think it was Unkunku, and he was charged down. They knew how the kickoff routine worked, and it looked like Unkunku had a run. He timed the run for the referee's whistle. 
and he almost got there. And Kwanzaa just shifted the ball to the side and just carried on as if like it was a season pro. Uh, it was I, just like I, I, I missed. Didn't I even missed, didn't phase him. Didn't phase I him. missed that one. Antoine asked if Jaden Dan is really eighteen. He's big. What was it, Kev? Ten inches in eight months or eight inches? Something in like months? that. Yeah. It's, Something like he, he's he's put he's put on nearly a foot, and it's he I mean, grew almost so much that he should almost switch sports to NBA. Like if you're gonna grow at 18, 19 years old, if you're gonna grow a foot, yeah. you you should probably be playing basketball. The thing is with uh, with Jaden Dance and of just cautionary thing with him, I think he could have the same issues as Curtis Jones. At the same pains, age, baby, growing pain. Steve, yeah, as Steven Gerrard, at the same age when um, Cade Gordon, just, he'll need to be managed. Yep. His minutes will need to be managed. The, the medical department with the coaches will have to work on a physical set for him, and I'm sure they will. You know, nailed on 100 percent that they will. They'll work with him to make sure that his body and his muscle mass catches up with his growth. But he was um, outstanding. Absolutely yeah. outstanding. Uh, our man, let's see if I can do this. Ushin? Ushin. Oh, for fuck's sakes. I'm going to call him McGlinchy for the rest of the time. Yeah. McGlinchy says, that's a man now, not a boy, Kwanzaa. No fear in him. And Thor, no. the dyslexic polyglot, says, talking about this Chelsea team, they cost $1 billion. And they literally did cost $1 billion. Olivier, with some more breaking news, Moises Caicedo has requested a meeting with Chelsea management to be explained the project one more time. One more time. I mean, it didn't go well for him. Uh, Kev, the second minute of second half added time in the game, James McConnell makes what will literally be the dictionary definition of a blue card tackle. It was the most, it was the most perfectly cynical, professional foul. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it because they were breaking on us. And James McConnell just went, I'll take my yellow fucking rectangle, please. Chris Kavanaugh. And thank you very much. And yeah, let me just get back here. I know what's coming, but yeah, that was a proper, professional foul of loved it that literally is the dictionary definition of a professional foul of a tactical foul well chris brack if you you don't just know how to rain on a fucking title parade here wataru endo has walked out of wembley in a cast and crutches he injured his uh, he injured his ankle in a tussle with moises caicedo he becomes the 13th injured player for jurgen klopp's liverpool from Paul Gorse, but we're giving all the blame to Chris that, Brash. That's a tomorrow problem. That's, yeah, that's a tomorrow that's, problem. That's a very good point. I did. Uh, yeah. I, I did sneak off to grab myself another yeah. beer because nah, uh, one of those things. It's, we've got walking wounded. We knew that we had walking wounded. It is what it is. We'll yeah. deal with it Wednesday. Uh, Chelsea make the final change of the entire match. Twelve substitutions between the two teams. Trevo Chalaba comes on for Ben Chilwell, who was lucky to still be on the pitch at this point in the 22nd minute of added time. Simicast has a shot at Petrovic. It's meh. It's nothing. Uh, Matawake has a half chance. He wastes it. At the 25th minute, I'm saying this game is walking pace now. 
and it felt like both teams just went, let's do penalties. Like there's, we're all tired. Nobody has any changes left to make. The guys that Chelsea brought on are fucking garbage in terms of, especially Mudrick. But I, I don't mind Matawake. I think Matawake might be a half-decent player, especially because I got him for a half-decent price. And then shortly after that, I have, how do we not score? Harvey Elliott has a header that hits the post. And Axel Dezassi, who I think is garbage. I don't think he's a very good defender at all. I think he's slow. I think he's a bit stupid. Apologies to the Dezassi family, I guess. He does just enough to block Jaden Dan's from having the greatest day of his very young senior career. It's going to penalties, Kev. It's just going to penalties. Yeah. If you're five minutes felt, left in added time yeah. and you can't score I felt that. that was the chance. I yeah. felt that was the chance. Harvey did everything he could. He got the header back. He got it on target. Keeper made a really good save. Really good save because he got a leg on it. And the ball just dropped into no man's land. And you just wanted some... You'd see this in hurling a lot. Where like you just take the man, the ball, everything, and you clean house. You just wanted someone to come in and just lash, lash it. But look, they got they got something on it. Like we did many times in that second half. We someone got something on it and got it away. Yeah. And I thought that was the chance. That was it. Yeah, uh, I, was, I, I started going in my head. Then I was like, "Who's left on the pitch? Who's going to take the pens?" Literally nobody. Literally, it's children. It's uh, yeah. it. We thought we might have a special guest appearance from Liverpool legend Alan Hansen, but he decided to not call in tonight after the uh, audacity of "you'll never win anything with kids" was proven incorrect uh. once again. But Rory Fitzgerald, one of our uh, YouTube members, says a two point nine five xG prevented by Kelleher with his nine saves, and that might be one of the most staggering statistics i've ever seen kev if quivine kelleher saved three full goals tonight he's the man of the match he's the man of the match yeah it was i mean the thing is there were good chances there were really good chances that he that he had to save. it was um easily the best the best performance of his career between the sticks and you know he deserves it. He deserves all the credit that's going to come his way for it. Um, As it turns out, the whole country, Kev. I mean, he's from yeah. he's he's from your neck of the woods, Kev. That's yeah, he is. Boy right there, yeah. up the Irish, uh, people of the most. I mean, yeah, he he he's got he's got he's got a serious career ahead of him. I mean, it's enjoy him while we have him, kind of thing, because I think he is going to go on to do something. I mean. I hope, I hope to God he does stay. I, I genuinely do. And if he does stay, it's we're the we're the we're the ultimate winners. But at the end of the day, he he pulled out one of the most special performances for a goalkeeper that you're ever likely to see. And which Kev, he was outstanding. He he was brilliant. You know how crazy that is to say when he scored the winning penalty in a cup final. Hmm. You know, I know like, what a like. That, Quivine Kelleher has not played enough games to be deserving of the praise that Liverpool fans heap upon him and that Jurgen Klopp heaps upon him. Like, I imagine for outside fans looking in, they're like, he's just a backup goalkeeper. But if you look at the games and the big moments that Quivine Kelleher has for Liverpool Football Club, 
he has scored the winning penalty in a cup final shootout and has saved, if Rory Fitzgerald is to believe, three full expected goals worth in another cup final. And that is, (laughs) I take a fucking bow. I mean, you, Kev, you're the only Cork resident, as far as I'm concerned, that's on here. So you get all the credit. Congratulations, Kev. Congratulations. Nah, he, he, he was outstanding. But the best moment of the of the whole game, talk about justice. Talk about justice uh, for Virgil van Dijk. Hmm. Because captain's performance merited uh, what happened with that, that goal. Um, he got the, you know, Costas went out, and it, and this was it. You know, 118th minute, there wasn't going to be much left. It was literally a case of this or penalties. And Costas went out, gave the signal, put the ball in, put the ball in with pace, and Virgil got the run. And he ended up being uh, with Mudrick trying to mark him. Got in front <laughs> Which of, is got in, a fucking yeah. terrible defensive plan. Pochettino, exactly. get your head out of your fucking ass. But this is this is what happens when you make loads of changes that it was always going to be a possibility that there'll be a mix-up somewhere. And he got the run. He got the run on uh on the Chelsea defenders, got ahead of Mudrick angled the ball away from the keeper. Brilliant goal. A, ru- a brilliant, brilliant finish. And it was literally a case of take that one off us. Go ahead and try and take that one off us. You did everything you could to try to make sure we didn't win that. And Virgil comes up with an absolute bullet of a goal. Po- poetic justice, as Oshin says there. Poetic. It had to be the captain. Leading his young followers to the ultimate glory. It was... An outstanding goal, and it's the perfect time. If you're going to score a goal in in, in extra time, three minutes, make it in the last two minutes. Yeah, not in the first two minutes. <laughs> make it in the last two minutes, because whatever we broke their hearts in the first period of extra time, they were done. When that went in, their shoulders dropped. Their Pochettino stood there like a carrot spurs with their, their backs arm. broke like Bane picked Batman yeah. up. It was it was, it was, it was completely t- over for Chelsea at that point. It yeah. was fucking celebration time. And if we didn't have a half an hour wait from the end of the match to when we started, that's when I would have popped the bottle of buck and bubbly that I got with me right now. But I uh, I waited until the show started. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't even fair. The matchup from 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 that set piece. I mean, we get Simicast throwing it in. Somebody said here, I have so many saved comments. There's no way I can keep them all straight. Uh, somebody said that the word is that Klopp told Simicast when he came onto the pitch that you're going to win this for us. And Simicast throws the ball in and there was no fucking way Virgil van Dijk wasn't scoring, Kev. Oh, it makes it so good. And then it gets to that point after that ball nestles into the back of the net very sweetly that all we have to do is just hold out three, four minutes tops, three, four minutes yeah. tops. And we do it so intelligently. And so this is a weird word to use in this case, but maturely because we had a team of 
fucking children on the pitch. Children on the pitch. Look, I, I'll be honest, right? Um, they were done. And they, were, they, they didn't have any method in how they were trying to attack us. It was I don't know where he found three minutes from. Absolutely mm-hmm. no clue where he found three minutes. And it became hit and hope. We, it's, it would have been very easy for us to just get live in the moment, you know, and start trying to run before you walked type of thing with like two minutes, well, it was still five minutes to go. But, you know, we like you said, we managed it really well. I don't think they, they, they had a shot or anything in, in that time. I think they had a corner that was cleared. And other than that, we we absolutely I mean they they will argue Chelsea will argue that they had the better chances. Doesn't matter. We took the we took our goal when it when we had, when it came and we ended up I think we were deserving winners for the bravery that we showed on that pitch. The fact that I said this before. I was I did a a, a, a preview of this yesterday with um, Daz T, with Darren from Daz TV, and I said, imagine if we go and do this mm-hmm. without Salah, without Sabozlai, never give Darwin up, Nunes. Kev. Never give yeah. up. It was like I mean, this achievement is ridiculous. It's ridiculous when you look at. I mean, Chelsea had a week to prepare for this. We had a game midweek that we had to pull it out the fire in the second half and put a proper shift in. This is our third game in eight days with more or less the same group core group of 13 players playing in those three games in eight days. We've gone 120 minutes against a Chelsea side littered with multi-million pound signings and we beat them with a patched up 11 supplemented by a group of players trying to find their way in the game, along with a Joe Gomez who was maligned by our own fans in the last 12 months, and a Costa Simicas who, you know, we were all selling in the summer. Hmm. The achievement of this side, of this squad, so proud of being a Liverpool fan, but I'm so proud of that squad of players because what they've done is the first leg of a potential quad They've started the ball rolling, and you could see what it means to them when with the trophy lift, with the way they celebrated, with the way they went to the away end or to the Liverpool fans at the end of the game. This could be the start of something really special. And as Gav said at the very start of this, we could be winning the lot here. So soak this up and enjoy it. Get the fuck Uh, on board. Exactly. If you can't enjoy this, then I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, this is if like. If you don't have empty bottles of champagne at the end of your season, are you really watching fucking football? People, come on. Uh, it feels. I don't know, Kev. Destiny. Destiny. It makes. Like Gene Wilder Mas- in a scene from Young Frankenstein. No. I can't like, wait to watch this game back. I want to watch the game back without the pressure of watching it live. Do you know what I mean? I want what to be able to soak this up. about pressure? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, about that. <laughs> it's, the be- it's the best Ace Ventura quote I could pull out at the time. I mean... It, mental. It, I, I haven't enjoyed a final like that in a long time. It's right it, up there. 
It's, it's right up a there for me. comment that I saw from a lot of fucking people coming through. So I'm going to try to get through some of the saved comments that I have from the start of the show. So yeah. this is from over an hour ago. You s- saying, I just set a world record for uh, 120 minute panic attacks. Drunk Vigo. Endo keeps dunking on all the haters. Ashley L. And this might be my favorite. I love the full circle narrative of Klopp fucking off the cop with kids to winning the cup with kids. Just amazing. Bob Paddock, again, this might be the best, the most fitting. Endo and Virgil, everything connected together from that. Yeah. uh, So now I've got my favorite part of the whole show, Kev, which is my Ashley L. post-match quotes. Oh, wait, that's the first one. I'm all uh, discombobulated. Luis Diaz says, I dedicate this title to my mom and dad. They are here for everything they have been through. It makes this title so much more special, which if you know the story behind what happened to Luis Diaz's parents, that hits like a fucking ton of bricks, like a ton of bricks. Virgil van Dyke on the kids, all the young boys on the pitch. If you see the extra time, it's incredible. I'm so proud of the team. The legs were fresh, but very young. They did the job. Yeah, very young, Virgil. Very young. There's no doubt about that. I'm so proud I could be a part of that. Wow, we deserved it. A tough game. The boys showed up. And I mean, I I thought I thought Bobby Clark flagged massively towards added time, Kev. But I mean, Jaden Dans kept on running. James McConnell. A brilliant yellow card, but he kept on running. Harvey fucking Elliott. And there's people in this chat that watch these shows that me and you and others do on the regular. They're not big Harvey Elliott fans. You watched him, right? Harvey Elliott was fucking great for Liverpool tonight. Yeah. He, he played 100. Uh, actually, there's a quote from, uh, from Ashley L. Klopp, after the match, says Harvey Elliott played 120 minutes. How? How? Just yeah. this is Harvey is every single one of us. Make no mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, he is a Liverpool fan through and through. He knows what it what it means to us, and we know what it means to him. Yeah, it's everything for him. Everything. This kid has not even turned 21 yet. You know, the sky, I mean, people talk about Phil Foden, they talk about Cole Palmer and what have you. This kid has the potential to be right up there. And I'm just delighted that nobody's talking about him. That we're just, we're seeing it. And the longer that nobody's talking about it, the fucking better. better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Gareth Southgate can keep the name Harvey Elliott 10,000 fucking miles from his mouth as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Ashley L goes on with some quotes from uh, with some quotes from Klopp after the match. You will need to smash the f- smile off my face. Absolutely insane what happened here tonight. We have a team squad academy full of character. People maybe thought I had given up when I brought the kids on, but no. It was because we needed legs and they did the job. Together we created this. The boys have trained for a long time with us, and they know exactly what they have to do. And Kev, if that doesn't sum up the Carabao Cup final from a Liverpool fan perspective, I don't know what does. Because those kids were brought on under the most high-pressure situation you can possibly have to come on for Liverpool Football Club at that age and at that experience. And every single fucking one of them stood up and was counted. Yeah, they were they were 
they won't realize what they've done until much later in their career. You know, much later down the line, when wherever they're going to be in five years' time, they'll look back at this and think, this will bring them on leaps and bounds. You know, it's the confidence that they'll get from this monumental. They were they were brilliant, and there's no words. I I'm not I don't have a vocabulary to describe their performance. I just don't have it. And but they were just outstanding. You know, to a to a man, they're not boys anymore. They're not children anymore. To a man, they were they were brilliant. You know, well, not and, not after tonight, Ken. They no. might have been boys in our estimations before tonight, yeah. but if you get brought no, no. on in a fucking League Cup final when the score is nil all and there's a couple yeah. minutes left to play and you end up going home with a stupidly three-handled trophy, which, by the way, is not the correct number of handles for a trophy. Three handles is just wrong. Yeah. But those, yeah, those those boys get to grab in the men tonight. Ashley L goes on to say, uh, Klopp talking about Queeveen Kelleher, what a mature performance. We have the best goalkeeper in the world, and we have the best number two in the world. He says, the referee did not have the level of the game. It was not even a foul on Gravenberch. What? I saw the video. It has everything you need for a card. I hope it's not bad. So, yeah, so it's... Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, Klopp goes on to say, he says, these things don't happen in football. I heard this English phrase, this English phrase you don't win anything with kids with kids it is easily the most special trophy i ever won overwhelming feeling proud of everybody i could care less about my legacy i am not here to create one you already have boss man we are here to do the job we learn so much it's not a problem if the manager leaves only if the people leave but if our supporters stay like they are liverpool football club will be fine and i mean give me a fucking break here come on man but then Kev to dampen our expectations, he says, I have no idea who we can play Wednesday. No idea, not a clue, don't care, couldn't get it. <laughs> doesn't matter. Pretty sure that by the time Gav comes on Tuesday night with whoever comes on with him, they'll have an idea who's going to be available to do what, and they'll do a preview of they'll do an ultimate review of this week, this weekend, and tell us some stories about Liverpool this weekend. And enjoy tonight. Enjoy tomorrow. You know, get your get your sick note ready for tomorrow. Or if there's Chelsea fans in work, make sure you're going into work. Make sure you've got your zingers armed to the team. Yeah, if you if you need to take an Uber tomorrow to work, if you work with the Chelsea fan, you get to work tomorrow. Even if you have to go home after a couple of hours, you get those digs in. Because they yeah. fucking deserve it. Because we literally finished the game with a with a bunch of children on the pitch. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino on extra time said the players started to lose their energy. The team felt maybe penalties would be good for us. Chile felt really, really we needed to change. The effort was massive. Whereas Jurgen Klopp says the development of Bobby Clark's. Whoops, that's really crazy. James McConnell, insane. Jaden Dance only recently joined first train chaining. I loved him from the first moment I saw him. Play the kids against Southampton. Klopp said Mo should be back for the weekend. Looking Darwin steeplechase at the end, he should be fine too. So, I mean, yeah, Kev, we we go on. It's an FA Cup. Yeah. I don't even know, 113th round match that we fifth have round, on Wednesday. Fifth round to hold to Southampton. Uh, listen, Southampton will have watched this, and they'll they'll fancy an upset, no doubt in my mind. And 
hard to blame, hard to blame him not thinking that. But look, we'll know within a couple, within forty eight hours, because this is going to be. They'll enjoy tonight. They'll recover tomorrow, and they'll probably just have a light run out on Tuesday. We'll get an idea from the press conference on Tuesday who's who's what where, and we'll we'll go again. I mean, I think that this FA Cup fifth round fixture is potentially the hardest fixture we're going to play in um, in this running, given the shift that this squad has put in to that final. It's, I mean, Kev, um, we have City at home in like... Yeah, I'm not worried about that because we'll have bodies back for that. And yeah, that's an easy boy. game. But that's an easy game to get up for. That's an easy game to to be primed for and have a hostile atmosphere and really, really tear into. This one on Wednesday night is a real tricky one, and you just want to get this one out of the way. You know, so we'll find out on Tuesday. I'm pretty sure there'll be a show on Tuesday night, and we'll definitely give a, a whoever's on, we'll give a good run through ex- exactly what's going on, and well, we'll see where we are. Our our good friend Chris Brack has absolutely hit it on the nosy. Beating Southampton is very important. It gets us to the next round, but more importantly, it will move the derby with Everton to later in the season when we have a fuller squad. So, yeah, yeah potentially it could be, what, the penultimate game of the season? Potentially, like, yeah. Yeah, the midweek before we play Wolves at home, which is just, uh, can you imagine a midweek game where we could win the title and Everton could fucking go down? It would just be something else. Uh, I'm going to quickly run through. I mean, we have blasted through our usual hour allotment yeah. for this show but guess what we'll wrap, we, we, we will wrap up in a few minutes though yeah gav is on the cans emmett's on the cans keith's on the cans shawnee's on the cans you're getting no sunday night show tonight this is the best you're gonna this get so it. we're gonna fucking we are absolutely gonna milk it ashley l with more clop quotes clop on endo says a good development huh we were lucky we bring him in i'm sure in three four years he will sign another long-term contract to liverpool he's a machine his brain is outstanding kev wataro endo i i I likened them to the internal gears of a clock, you know, in a wristwatch after the Luton match. What a fucking performance, Kev, because I'm not going to lie. When he first started being dribbed and drabbed into the Liverpool team, he was not playing 90s. And we were wondering, does he have the engine to go 90? No, he's got the engine to go 120, Kev, in a cup final. Yeah, he, he was really good. Um, Gab gave him, at the start of the show, Gab gave him man of the match. Um, I wouldn't disagree with it. Wouldn't I wouldn't disagree. I thought he was everywhere. He's, because of his age, he knows his position inside out. He's mm. seen it and done it. With, at, at the bottom end of the Bundesliga for a, a good few years, when he was at Stuttgart, I think he was relegated, or they were in the second division. And he got promoted with them, and he then he struggled with them. When you know they he would have been a busy boy, kept him in the league. And at the end of the day, when you've got someone like that, he's a national captain, thirty years of age, knows what he needs to do and where he needs to be. It was all about confidence at the start. Get him up to the pace of the Premier League. You've seen it with Rodri at Man City. Rodri's first year at Man City, he looked a fish out of water. Since then, he is the best. Number six in the world, you know. Roger can eat a bag of dicks, but it it takes a time. Bag. It takes time to adapt to this league. Wataro Endo has done that in a few months, nah. and he just looks at he looks at home. 
in that Kev, I said in the Bring Telegram group. group, if you don't love what Wataru Endo does for Liverpool, you don't know ball. And I've only heard that phrase. I don't actually know what it means, so I'm just kind of parroting things that I've nope, heard on you're, the internet. You're there. But fuck you're there. me. If you don't appreciate the work that this fucking guy does wearing a mouth guard slash gum shield, it's <laughs> he is like so Kev, I have to hold my hands up. I was a full on Andre convert. Yeah, yeah. I oh, thought yeah. Andre I thought Andre was exactly what this Liverpool team needed to just take them to the next level. And fucking Wataru Endo is doing almost all of those things. He doesn't have the long, medium-range passing that's incisive and creates attacking opportunities. He doesn't have that. But the ability of this defensive midfielder to take the ball under pressure with an opposition player on his back and turn them and get us going towards fucking goal is... It is not what I thought we were getting from a 31-year-old Japanese international from Stuttgart who finished last season 16th in the Bundesliga or 15th in the Bundesliga. Yeah, it, he's he's just developed his game. I mean, the thing when you like I said, when you're buying someone at that age in that position who knows his position inside out, it allows everyone to work off him. He's literally the linchpin in the midfield that allows everyone else to go and do what they need to do. We didn't even talk about Alexis McAllister today. How much better is Alexis McAllister as playing as a midfielder than the guy that cost yeah. three times his fucking transfer value from Look, the same country as Enzo if Fernandez? You, if, you, if you're Tom Bowley, you have to be looking at the recruitment of your squad and asking what the hell is the point of what he's just done. Because... It, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, you go back through Klopp's quotes. It's unreal what this squad has done today. Unreal. You know, it shouldn't. It shouldn't happen in any other sport. This doesn't happen. I know that Liverpool are top of the league and we're flying in all competitions, but we are threadbare. We are. And as the- Ashley L points out, no. that's us demonetized tonight. Then, fuck Alpha the God demonetization. Safe. Ashley, you were here from the very start. You saw how lit up Gav's fucking cheeks were out on the yeah. town in Liverpool tonight. Emmett that was, is asleep. That was always... No. Yeah, Emmett's asleep see. somewhere at May Duncan's tonight. It doesn't matter anymore. If you're, if you're going through an hour and 40 minutes of any show that we've done, ever, <laughs> guarantee you, there's never, there's never <laughs> a penny made. Never a penny made. But oh, we're, yeah. All right, we're you've, you've pointed we're it out. Here for it. We have been on YouTube for far too long tonight. Who's your man of the match? I still stick with with Quevin Kelleher because I think his saves literally keep us in it in a vital moments. His decision making at the end for closing off Gallagher for the ability to one to read the pass, two given the context of the game, the bravery to Get be there. Big. Get big. Yeah, he, he he was he was for me man of the match, but there is too many honourable names to mention. Too many honourable names to mention. You know, it was Endo, it was Virgil, Canate, to a man, every single one of them. I thought every single one of them today did themselves proud. And they can look back on this performance in years to come and say, yeah, we did something special. 
you know, and yeah. that's what we did. We did something special. That is special. Yeah. If you, you know, if you're not enjoying this, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah, it's it's the first of what we hope will be four trophy lifts throughout this season. Yeah, but if it's I'm not, not if this it's, guy up. <laughs> in 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 the worst case scenario, it's the only trophy lift. It's a fucking pretty good one. And as Johnny Doyle says, she's just seen Gav outside of Goodison Park calling out lads for a fight. Chris Brack says, VVD for me, captain's performance, and don't Kelleher very, very close. Uh, I, I, I agree with Kev. I think it was Kelleher. Uh, he was, yeah, just when you absolutely, absolutely fucking needed him to be there, Quivine Kelleher was right there in a bright, I don't even know what color shirt he was wearing tonight. Green, gray, yeah, toxic tangerine, something like that. It doesn't fucking matter because you know what, Kev? At the end of the night, we lifted a fucking stupid three-handled trophy. And that's <laughs> all that matters, Kev, is that in terms of chasing any sort of potential quads, the first fucking stumbling block you can have like Man City learned last season, was losing to Southampton in the League Cup. You can't win a quad if you don't win the first fucking one off to the ranks. And we've put that fucking trophy in the cabinet for us, which is number... 10? Is 10? 10? 10 League. It's a record 10. 10? It's a it's record, record 10 League Cups. A yeah, record 10 League Cups. 10 fucking League Cups. McGlinchey says, 10th time Carabao Cup champion, stopping City getting closer to us. Fuck Man City. All their fucking titles are going to have big fucking asterisks beside them. Just you, just you wait. Red Steve with the uh, with the shout of the night, man of the match. Player of the match is Ashley L for the quotes tonight. Ashley L. Yeah, thanks, Ashley. Really appreciate tonight. it. You, you are really, noted really in your absence. I'm not going to lie to you, Kev O'Sullivan. I'm pretty fucking hammered. I've been drinking <laughs> heavily for a fair number of hours now. And you want to know why I did that, Kev? It's because we lifted the fucking League Cup at Wembley Anfield South, my man. Kev, this is why we do the shows, right? Yeah. This is uh, it. I mean, at the end of the day, this is this. I was, I, I didn't care how this game finished. I did. At, no, through extra time, I didn't care. Because I was so proud of everything, of the way that we were playing, the shift that we put in. I have a I text message to Chris about a minute before we scored. Say, I don't give a fuck. I, I'm just so proud of this side. I'm so proud of this squad and what they've achieved and what they've done in this game. It doesn't matter how it finishes. I don't care. And within 30 seconds, Virgil scored. I fucking hmm. didn't care, really. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get out there. Yeah, I couldn't. I know. I love not. Normally, we come live. We get on live as soon as we could. You know, within a few. I love the fact that we were able to sit and uh, watch, watch, watch the trophy lift, take it all in. Kev, everything. Maybe, maybe it. it's just uh, somebody from across the Atlantic Ocean's opinion on it. But can you stop lifting a fucking trophy for the very first time on a stupid ass balcony? That's stupid, right? I'm not I'm not crazy thinking that, right? I get the no. history. I get the history, but it's yeah. fucking stupid. No, it's There's the no I think it's one there. of the it's it's one of the only stadiums in world football that that's had it and it is tradition. It's uh, anyone can put a stage on the on the pitch and it's contrived. Uh 
walking up the Wembley steps is um, from people my era, my age, is is when Wembley was literally only used for finals. Walking up the Wembley steps is everything. You know, and yeah, but Kev, it's not really fair to ask our team to walk up the Wembley steps when fucking nine of them are on crutches and protective boots. I don't think they really minded. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think they really minded. I I think they bounced up there. They absolutely bounced up there today. This is my favorite um... fucking comment from the resident Irish English teacher, Madge Apple who is a member, and if you're not a fucking member, I highly suggest you become a member because there's a pretty good chance that we are going to get a very happy post-cup winning members-only show, 30 possibly, from Gavin Emmett. And you're only going to get that if you hit the notification bell, you are a subscribed member to the channel, but I cannot wait for the documentary to come out now. For fuck's sakes, Kev. I, I wasn't a big fan of the whole fly-on-the-wall documentary thing, but if we're going to get one, this is the year to get one. This is the year to get one because I think mm-hmm. this, this this squad is capable of doing something special. It genuinely is. You know, for all of us who might not have been aboard, who might not have been on the train, we're on the train there. And fucking rights, Kev. 96 first, fucking points. Leg. Yeah. Today's the first leg. You know, it was... Huge. That's Johnny's right. In a gifted talking cop membership. Grab it while oh, it's there. Who's gonna get it? Who's gonna get it? Who's gonna get it? Andy Kaufman. I think this is Andy Kaufman's second gifted membership. Andy, you can fucking afford to buy a membership. They're four euros a month. They're four euros a month. Come on, get into it. And if you, you know what? Actually, Andy Kaufman should be the first person that goes down into the description of the show. And clicks on the GoFundMe link to our 2024 charity fundraiser partner, which is Fan Supporting Food Banks and the Lighthouse Cafe in Dublin, and give them a fiver or a tenner. Please give a fiver or a tenner to our charity partners. That would be absolutely... I'm sorry, Kev. I just saw your private messages to me right now. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we've got to get out of here. Please link to all the charities in the description of the podcast, into the description of the YouTube show, fan-supporting food banks, the <laughs> the Dublin Lighthouse, Phil Casey's crazy five different endurance marathons. Please become a member. It's all been very well and good. Kev, my man, thank you so much for doing this for me tonight. Uh, we are going to, pleasure. Uh, we are going to have a few more of these tonight, aren't we? Oh, yeah. We're going to be back again on Wednesday night for sure after the Southampton game. But until then, enjoy it. Enjoy this. Soak it up. Hopefully people have been taking taking names, keeping receipts. Tonight's the night to dish it out. Tonight's the night. In terms of Neil Young lyrics, it cannot get any better than that. Tonight's the night. Liverpool end up walking out of Anfield South with a stupid three-handled trophy for the record 10th time kev o'sullivan you are absolutely brilliant i love you everybody that's been here in the chat you are all half decent at the absolute minimum hit the like button on your way out you people have all been very good donate to our charity partners donate to phil case's charity go to footballprizes.co.uk become a member of the channel hey kev we won the fucking league i'm hammered 
I won't speak for anybody else. It has been a very, very good Sunday afternoon for this motherfucker right here. Liverpool have won the League Cup. The Jurgen Klopp farewell tour is off to an absolutely barnstorming start. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. We'll see you on the next show. Adios! Sports Social Podcast Network.